Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, the governments of Canada and Saskatchewan have announced $19.5 million for an enhanced pest biosecurity program through the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. As well, Saskatchewan's Water Security Agency is continuing to enhance and improve water management for the province with a key investment in the Flood Hazard Identification Mapping Program. Our other stories, of course... Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau made an announcement regarding the uh, providing an update on plant breeding innovations and seed variety transparency for the entire country. We'll have her announcement from this morning. And a Farm Credit Canada incentive program is now accepting applications. We'll hear from the FCC's Director of Sustainability Programs, Curtis Granger, on that. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX and Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to GX and Agriculture. The governments of Canada and Saskatchewan have announced $19.5 million for an enhanced pest biosecurity program through the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. The five-year pest biosecurity program will be delivered by the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, otherwise known as SARM. Funding is available to rural municipalities and First Nations to provide resources to help deal with invasive agricultural crop pests, prohibited and noxious weeds, nuisance gophers, rats, and nuisance beavers. The program supports education and training to manage agriculture crop pests through the Plant Health Network. SARM employs a full-time plant health technical advisor in each of its six divisions who will promote and implement best practices within their division to identify, monitor, and assist in the control of invasive and emerging threats to plant biosecurity in agriculture. The plant health technical advisors will be able to help applicants access the pest biosecurity program A new gopher control program is part of the pest biosecurity program to help address a significant problem for producers in the province. The program will help control nuisance gopher populations through a rebate for registered control products 
and for the purchase of materials to build a Raptor platform as sustainable integrated pest management. Those interested in the program can learn more information on the SARM website or on the Government of Saskatchewan website at saskatchewan.ca slash s-cap. Meanwhile, Saskatchewan's Water Security Agency, or WSA, is continuing to enhance and improve water management for the province with a key investment in the Flood Hazard Identification Mapping Program. As part of WSA's 2023-24 budget, over $2 million is being invested to support flood mapping efforts throughout the province of Saskatchewan. WSA continues to focus on improving programs and services to better serve the citizens of Saskatchewan. WSA will be working with communities that have been identified as being at risk for possible flood damage. The program will carry out mapping and other technical work to identify where risks are, which will lead to a better understanding of the mitigation and protection work required to keep people and communities safe. This year's investment will build on the work already completed elsewhere in the province and carry on mapping and hazard identification for additional communities, including Moose Jaw, Saskatoon, Regina, Weyburn, Tisdale, and Melfort. Negotiations between Canada and the United Kingdom on a new trade deal are going well. That's according to the Canadian High Commissioner to the United Kingdom, Ralph Goodale, who says a new deal is needed after the UK separated from the European Union in 2020. Getting good access for things like canola and beef, um, as well as uh, sweet corn and pork and some other things, uh, those are priorities and uh, it's, it's tough bargaining. Uh, but agriculture is always important in, in trade negotiations. Goodale says a deal should be agreed upon by next spring. That was the, the original target date, March or April of uh, 2024. And it looks like it's uh, on time and on track to, uh, to be finished by about that time. There have been five rounds of bargaining so far. The sixth one will be in June in, uh, in Ottawa. It alternates between London and, and Ottawa, goes back and forth. But uh, they're, they're making progress every time, so uh, I'm, I'm hopeful it'll come, out, it'll come out right at the end and we'll keep working at it. Ralph Goodale is the Canadian High Commissioner to the United Kingdom, and he provided an update on how trade talks between Canada and the UK are going and when we could expect a formal agreement. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. DX94 Ag Review. Pulse seedings are set to begin for parts of Manitoba and Saskatchewan this week. Manitoba Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang says that into next week, we'll start to see the first seeders going into the fields. In Saskatchewan, Provincial Pulse Specialist Dale Rizula says he wouldn't be surprised to see growers in the southwest part of the province already seeding, as he has seen seeding activity outside of Regina. Last week, Statistics Canada released its first survey-based seeding intentions report for the 2023-24 marketing year. 
While the survey was conducted in December and January, two months earlier than in past reports, both Lang and Rizula agreed the estimates were fair representations of their respective province's plans for pulse crops. Grain Fox is now connected with the John Deere Operations Centre through John Deere's API services. The connection allows Grain Fox users to sync their Grain Fox and John Deere accounts, reducing data discrepancies and the time it takes to enter data on two separate platforms. By keeping track of their operational data in their John Deere account, producers will be able to easily bring data into their Grain Fox farm profile and monitor progress in real time. Recently, Grain Fox became Ag Data Transparent certified. This is especially important as the company looks to continue to grow their API integration partnerships. Their goal is to maintain a safe and secure platform for producers to use, knowing their data is their data. Canadian beekeepers are calling for Ottawa to reopen the border to the importation of U.S. packaged honeybees. Last week, witnesses at a meeting of the House of Commons Standing Committee on Agriculture and Agri-Food presented recommendations for what the government could do to resolve issues of honeybee health decline and bee mortality. The most recent risk assessment on the subject was done in 2013. It concluded there was a high probability of introducing diseases and pests into Canada due to importation of honeybees from the continental United States. Current regulations allow queens to be imported from Hawaii and California, but not package bees. A 2022 report from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada lists only Australia, New Zealand and Chile as sources of package honeybee imports since 2017. The European Commission has set restrictions until June 5th on imports of Ukrainian wheat, maize, rapeseed and sunflower seed to ease the excess supply of these grains in Bulgaria, Hungary, Poland, Romania and Slovakia. The EU executive arm said that during that period, Ukrainian wheat, maize, rapeseed and sunflower seed can be sold to any other country of the 27-nation bloc, except to the five countries which had complained the cheaper Ukrainian grain was making domestic production unprofitable. The EU had earlier liberalized all imports from Ukraine to help the country's efforts to fend off the Russian invasion. The five countries became transit routes for Ukrainian grain that could not be exported through the country's Black Sea ports because of the war. The Commission's measures also include a support package worth 100 million euros for local farmers in the most affected five EU countries. More than a quarter billion people in 58 countries faced acute food insecurity last year because of conflicts, climate change, the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, and Russia's war in Ukraine. The Global Report on Food Crises an alliance of humanitarian organizations founded by the UN and European Union say people face starvation and death in seven of those countries, Somalia, Afghanistan, Burkina Faso, Haiti, Nigeria, South Sudan, and Yemen. The report found that the number of people facing acute food insecurity and requiring urgent food aid, 258 million, has increased for the fourth consecutive year. While the increase last year was due in part to more populations being analyzed, the report also found that the severity of the problem increased as well, 
highlighting a concerning trend of a deterioration. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. And that's today's AgReview. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will return right after these messages. <laughs> Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 21 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. A Farm Credit Canada incentive program is now accepting applications. FCC's Director of Sustainability Programs, Curtis Granger, says the Sustainability Incentive Program, in partnership with the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, or CRSB, and McCain Foods, is open to eligible cattle producers and potato growers. How the programs work is um, FCC partnered with some industry-led initiatives. And if you're an FCC customer, you know, with lending with us, and either you have your CRSB certification or you are on McCain Foods Framework, you essentially go to FCC's website and you can apply and you're eligible up to a $2,000 annual incentive payment, assuming, um, yeah, you maintain your status on the certifications and the frameworks. But he notes you have to be an FCC client to apply. Yeah, the, the requirements for the program are, you know, essentially two things need to be true. Uh, you need to be an FCC customer and you need to be on the, either have your CRSB certification or have your, or you're on the framework with McCain. And um, if those if those things are true, then you can uh, participate in the program. Granger explains how the program will benefit successful applicants. There is real work involved for producers to um, demonstrate sustainable practices in the industry. So, with the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, when you kind of work with them and their and their verifiers, so Verified Beef Plus and uh, the likes of those, um, it can take a producer up to you know six, nine months to, to get their certification. And then uh, with McCain, um, kind of similar steps in, in there as well, where, where the producer does have to, you know, do a bit of work to, um, to kind of get on their framework. So since there is, um, you know, work involved for the producer on kind of the front end and getting their certification, we wanted to make sure the incentive program operates in a really simple way. So all the producer needs to do is essentially go on FCC's website and um, do the application, which takes five, maybe 10 minutes if you can't uh, find your certification paperwork. From there, you hit submit, and then FCC takes care of the rest on the back end. So we take a look and make sure you're a FCC customer, and we work with the third parties to make sure that your certification is, um, is applicable. And then usually within about four weeks, essentially, the incentive payment gets sent out back to the producer. So the incentive program really is meant to be a light lift for the producer because they've already done all the hard work in, uh, in getting their certification. He says the program has seen a lot of uptake in previous years. Yeah, so in 2022, uh, that was FCC's first year of launching programming in this space. So in 2022, uh, between the programs we have, you know, have out in there for customers to participate in, um, over 250 customers applied for the programs, and FCC um, sent out over $350,000 to um, to producers. So it was a really exciting year to to get the programs off the ground. And uh, really, what we're hoping for, you know, last year we would have been, I would say, uh, recognizing those producers who. Um, 
were already certified, so that was a critical year. This year, those same producers who have maintained their certification, they're eligible again. And then what will be interesting to see is, you know, the whole point of having an incentive program is to increase participation. So with us relaunching here in 2023, we'll, you know, get those same people likely we got last year. And it'll be really, it'll be really neat to see kind of the, the new certifications that have came online to see how the incentive out in the industry is working. Granger notes there's increased demand for certified sustainable beef. Yeah, so our beef producers and, you know, the products they put out in market, we don't just, um, you know, those aren't just sold nationally, they're sold internationally. And there is a demand for, you know, quality sustainable products out in the marketplace. And what we've heard from the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef is um, essentially supplies and keeping up with demand on uh, certified beef. So we're hoping this program, you know, encourages producers to get their certification, therefore increasing the supply of certified beef. And we think it's a really important thing for the industry to do to, you know, have the best product in the world and, and continue to expand. That's Curtis Granger, Director of Sustainability Programs for Farm Credit Canada on the Sustainability Incentive Program, which is now accepting applications. Details are available at fcc.ca. Livestock Market Conditions U.S. live cattle futures for June closed at 161.65 today. That's down 125. August live cattle closed at 159.55, down 140. August feeder cattle closed at 223.52, down 265. September feeder cattle closed at 226.75, down 252. June lean hogs closed at 88 even, down 195. July lean hogs closed at 89.32, down 210. And that's the livestock market conditions. The federal government has provided an update on plant breeding innovations and seed variety transparency. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau made the announcement today. Canada has a rich history of agricultural innovation that ensures that our producers significantly contribute to feeding the world in a sustainable way. Today, faced with a growing world population and increasingly unpredictable weather conditions, we are continuously striving to increase production while protecting the environment and reducing our emissions. To do this, we must be open to innovation. In the plant sector, we have long relied on various breeding methods to obtain plants that are more productive, more nutritious, and more pest resistant. Gene editing is ushering in a new era for conventional plant breeding techniques. Applied to plant breeding, this modern technology can make very precise changes to the plant's genetic code. By directly targeting the desired characteristics within a gene with great precision, scientists can replicate the results of conventional methods with much greater efficiency and therefore much more quickly. There is a scientific consensus worldwide that these innovation technologies are as safe for animal, for human, and for the environment as conventional selection. 
Moreover, gene editing is a tool that will help us achieve our goals of reducing emissions, protecting biodiversity, and productivity. In all the international meetings I have attended, support for these new technologies is widespread. In the context of climate change, gene editing is key in the fights against food insecurity worldwide. We will see seeds emerge with, which are more drought resistant, require less fertilizers or more or less pesticides, which reduce costs for producers and ultimately for consumers. We will also be able to produce food in regions that are more arid and vulnerable to famines. This is a highly anticipated announcement. Today, I'm happy to confirm that the Canadian Food Inspection Agency will be moving forward with the publication of its new guidance related to part five of the SEEDS regulations. This guidance is a clarification of what is considered a novel threat for a SEED and it will support the development and adoption of such innovations in Canada. This science-based approach is aligned with last year's updated guidance of the novel foods regulations by Health Canada. There was never any intention to take a different approach. However, as these new guidelines were being prepared to move forward last fall, the organic sector expressed concern that they would no longer be able to distinguish between conventional and gene-edited seed, which could undermine organic certifications. That's why I made the commitment to protect the integrity of organic certifications. We brought to the table members of the organic and conventional sectors, seed companies, as well as representatives from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, and Health Canada. This technical committee, whose mission was to find a way to ensure the integrity of organic certifications, recently submitted its report to me. In response to the committee's recommendations, I am announcing today three things. That Seeds Canada will strengthen its database of Canadian seeds. The tool will now include all varieties and will clearly identify how different seeds are produced. The database will be accessible and easy to use, and the industry will work to keep it updated. Second, that we will create a government industry steering committee, including the organic sector. Its mandate will include establishing clear procedures for the Seeds Canada database and recommending control measures. The goal is to facilitate discussions as gen-edited products are introduced to the market. And third, that on the recommendation of the steering committee, we will put in place monitoring oversight measures by the government of Canada to ensure the accuracy and reliability of this database. I am confident that these measures will allow the organic sector to have access to reliable information to make informed decisions about their seeds. I would like to thank the various sectors for their commitment to this process which has led us to an approach that is unique in the world and which I believe will become a model. Finally, I would like to take this opportunity to confirm that the Government of Canada will financially support 
the review of Canada's organic standards, which are updated every five years and due for renewal in 2025. In conclusion, I'm pleased to confirm today that the Government of Canada has found a way to support the introduction of new crops varieties that will contribute to a more sustainable agricultural production while meeting the transparency requirements of the organic sector. That's Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau outlining Ottawa's plans for plant breeding innovations and seed variety transparency. Please stay tuned. Your commodity update is coming up next. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. July canola closed at 7.15.90, up $6.50. November canola closed at 6.89.90, also up $6.50. July Minneapolis wheat closed at 8.03 and a half, up 30 cents. July Kansas City wheat closed at 7.85 per bushel, up 44 and a half cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 639 and three quarters, up 30 and a half cents. July corn closed at 588 and a half, up eight and a half cents. July soybeans closed at 1417 and a half, that's up six and three quarters of a cent. July oats closed at 310 and a quarter up seven and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Grow Hope Saskatchewan is into year number six as urban and rural communities join forces to support people in developing countries. It's a joint effort between organizations representing the Catholic, Mennonite, Presbyterian and Anglican faiths Farmers donate the land and labor, and the input costs are covered by public donations. $350 is collected for each acre. 2022 was a record-breaking year for Grow Hope Saskatchewan, raising $299,000. Since the program started in 2017, it has generated just under three-quarters of a million dollars for the Canadian Food Grains Bank, that grows to $3.75 million when you include leverage matching grants from Global Affairs Canada. With more on this year's program, here's Myron Rogel with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Saskatoon, one of the members of Grow Hope Saskatchewan. So we have uh, 421 acres that are available from six uh, farming families this year. Thankfully, we've had an excellent start. Over the winter, we've had some donations come in. Typically, our year runs from May 1st until October 31st. But as popularity for the program grows, we've had uh, many long-term donors give over the winter. So we have 192 acres that are already sponsored of that uh, 421. So there's always an option for corporate sponsorships. We have a package that we'd be happy to meet with uh, corporate donors in the egg world. Last year, we had an implement dealer out of Humboldt that was able to sponsor one of our events, and, and that takes care of some of the costs kind of behind the scenes to run the program. He says the producers taking part 
are from all over the province. That's right. We really have from almost all corners of the province. So up in the ripsoil area near Meadow Lake, we have the Sontag brothers that have been contributing to the project for several years. In the Swift Current area, the um, Seabert family has been taking part in the project, as well as the people who are renting their land currently. Going over to Bruno, we have the Hergott family. Uh, Brian and Michelle, who have been involved almost since the, the inception of the program. And then in, in the Yorkton family, we actually have a, a new farm family involved this year and to have the Perbliskis uh, who are near Willowbrook. And jumping back over to Saskatoon, um, the, the Jansen family, who was our founding family, is back involved this year once again, and they're in the Rostron area. Rogel explains what types of crops are being grown. Yeah, they're growing very different crops this year. So we have uh, oats that are growing up in the northwest. Of course, seeding's uh, not quite happening up there yet. Down in in the south, we have canola going in. We have canola actually going in on on three sites this year and then have a couple sites with malt barley being planted this year. He tells us why farmers are getting involved in this program. By and large, why most of the farmers are participating is that they see the many blessings that they have and that Um, It really hit home during the the recent drought here a couple of years ago where farmers were kind of reflecting on how this is one uh, experience in maybe a a string of good years that they've had for the most part and one kind of uh, variable kind of pointing in in a negative direction. But uh, realizing that by and large they have been blessed and they're able to kind of shoulder the impact of a drought versus many people in other parts of the world who have been dealing with this for many, many years. Uh, For instance, we just had a solidarity speaker come from Kenya last week, and she was speaking to how in Kenya, Somalia, and parts of Ethiopia during specific specific counties, they've had a drought for for four years. So our farmers really connect with the global picture and recognizing that the number of people who are uh, food insecure has been growing, especially since the pandemic and that's uh, upwards of uh, 768 million now on a, on a global basis. So they're, they're really happy with the leveraging of the federal government and then the public awareness and the kind of the, the fun that the campaign has as well. So they really enjoy being part of Grow Hope. Rogel says when the crops are sold, the proceeds go to countries in need. That's right. So the funds are distributed through Canadian Food Grains Banks and, and their member agencies. And those funds go towards emergency food relief or rations in, in many parts of the world. Uh, Syria is, is uh, many uh, projects happening there. Um, in, in the Horn of Africa, parts of uh, Central America at times. So depending on where the area of, of need is. But one of the wonderful things about Canadian Food Grains Bank and its member agencies is that uh, not only do they give the emergency food relief, but they work with local agronomists and crop scientists to come up with more sustainable ways for the people there uh, to be able to be resilient through droughts or floods or to update possibly some of their farming practices. Myron Rogel with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Saskatoon speaks on behalf of the Grow Hope Saskatchewan program. It raised just under $300,000 last year for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Please stay tuned. We'll announce our winner of GX94 Supper in the Field coming up next. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford.
Farm Bulletin Board. Not everyone may have heard this yet, but Doug Ukrainitz of Ukrainitz Auctioneering is in Arizona battling cancer. They've set up a GoFundMe page for him, so if you want to check that out, just simply go to GoFundMe.com and you can find all the details there. Meanwhile, the East Central Research Foundation and Parkland College, they're looking for a new research assistant or even a co-coordinator that could take on the leadership role in a few years. They're looking for someone with a recent master's student graduate in agronomy. That would be ideal. If you know of anyone who would be interested in this position, you're asked to send your resume to m.hall at parklandcollege.sk.ca. You can also contact Mike Hall directly at 306-621-6032. And uh, you can go ahead and see if you can get a hold of Mike and uh, find out if they're still looking for someone. It sounds like they are. So, Are you a private landowner who owns 500 acres or more of grazing land? Then the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association wants to hear from you. They're asking producers to take a survey that will explore the understanding, perceptions, and interest in carbon opportunities and ecological goods and services across the Canadian prairies. Responses will be anonymous and grouped to your larger region for protection of privacy. You will receive $50 as a thank you for your participation. So if you'd like to take that survey, go to www dot fuseconsulting.ca slash take dash the dash survey and then just go ahead and complete that survey. The Bayer Crop Science Opportunities Scholarship Program is available to graduating grade 12 students entering their first year of post-secondary education in agriculture, food science, or a culinary program at a Canadian university or college of their choice in the fall of 2023. Scholarships will be awarded to students based on demonstrated academic achievement, leadership in their community, and their vision for how they will contribute to Canadian agriculture in the future. The application deadline is June 8th. To apply, students can visit www.cropscience.bayer.ca slash our company slash scholarship information to review the program guidelines and connect to Scholarship Partners Canada, a division of Universities Canada, who serve as the independent administrator for the Bayer Crop Science Opportunity Scholarship Program. If you know of a student planning to pursue studies in agriculture or a food-related discipline of study, encourage them to apply today. And that's all the time we have for today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly sunny, winds north-northeast at 10 to 20, and a high of 22. For tonight, clear skies, winds east at 10 to 15, a low of 6. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, winds east at 10 to 20, a high of 21, an overnight low of 4. For Friday, mainly cloudy, winds east at 15 to 25, 
and a high of 17. For Saturday, a 40% chance of spotty showers, a high of 16. And Sunday, a 70% chance of occasional showers, also a high of 16. In the Paw, it's 15 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin and Show Lake Russell are at 20. Brandon and Roblin, 21. Regina, 24. Saskatoon, Broadview, Mooseman, 23. Hudson Bay, 21. Indian Head, 22. Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 20. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, an east wind at 22 kilometers an hour. 26% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 21 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner.